you know how the in the the uh beginning of a hockey game where they roll out the red carpet uh-huh and like so he was he skates around the rink while singing and so he skated around and he was so focused on singing that he went and he ran right over the red carpet and he went flying in his skates <laughs> oh no he flew like 15 feet and he is not a small man no but no, he got right had- back up after Ooh. and just continued singing the canadian national anthem like it was nothing the show must go on the show must go on so this guy was the right man for the job because there are massive jets landing and he continues to carry on do you know what uncancelled means Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Bet TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is uncancelled giving trash TV the chance it never deserved. Now they're all gone, canceled on and on, but they're never gonna be uncanceled. If you're not a Patreon of Uncanceled, what the heck are you doing with your life? You're missing out on all kinds of early access content, not yet aired episodes, video, behind the scenes notes, and more. This week, we uploaded episode 24, Stella, over 90 days before it's going to be available to the public. And right now, there's still time to vote on which version of Tuca and Birdie we run in August. That's a Patreon exclusive right there. Drop on by to patreon.com slash uncancelled to get started. And we are back with another episode of Uncancelled. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Brandon. And special fill-in, we have producer Tom. He's here. Hello. Hello. He's here. Uh, wasn't wasn't scheduled but uh that's you know sometimes it can be tough to schedule guests and you have to uh, you have last minute cancellations and life happens so we're now tom is here for a third episode and he's a good at it so be happy <laughs> thank you uh we're checking out unfortunately he didn't have a lot of time and this was one of the tougher series on the list i gotta say there's mm. a lot going on. Oh, yes. It is It is Caprica, which is a Battlestar Galactica prequel set 50 years before the events of that series. I don't think either of us are terribly familiar with Battlestar Galactica. No, I'm not at all. I've never watched an episode. I think I caught an episode that was on cable TV 15 years ago. But that's about it. So we're pretty much yeah. coming on a blank slate here and uh, trying to just take this all in. I don't know if I, I guess Battlestar Galactica could have definitely helped. I feel I feel like if I had at least some kind of knowledge of the source material, I would have maybe had a little more enthusiasm for this show. You know, like I could get some of the hits where he's like, there's a scene where he he breaks down what the main Cylon means. And and you have that little dun 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 moment where you realize, like, this is the beginning of the collapse that, you know, um, 
precludes the the main series, the Battlestar Galactica series. And I'm, yeah. you know, I don't know. I guess they're at war with the Cylons in that show. I, I'm not really clear on that part. But for this for this show, it's primarily a exploring, weirdly enough, religion. Yeah. Yes. It's very it is. religious. It is very yeah, I got that sense. Uh by the way, we um we uh review shows based off a list that uh I came across. Uh thrillist.com. 30 of the best shows of the last 20 years that only lasted one season. Again, the title is much better as in the article, but <laughs> this author, um, I did read the little blurb and they had obviously seen Battlestar Galactica. They, mm-hmm. they knowingly were like, well, they made a couple in their little brief tidbit recommending the series they they made some references to Battlestar Galactica and we're like whoa this is incredible if they kind of said this is incredible if you've seen Battlestar Galactica right right and it's like okay well that doesn't really help if you haven't <laughs> the whole show The plot summary is two families, the Greystones and the Adamas, live together on a peaceful planet known as Caprica, where a startling breakthrough in artificial intelligence brings about unforeseen consequences. Very vague. Mm. Very vague. This has a lot of familiar faces. Yes. Uh, We have, uh, starring as... Daniel Greystone, who's basically the the lead character. Uh, Eric Stoltz, pretty famous 80s, 90s actor. A strong performance in this show. Yes. Very, very good in this show. Obviously very. I kept seeing, knowing that he almost played Marty McFly, I kept hearing it. (laughs) <laughs> I kept hearing it in his voice and was like, I know why they cast Michael J. Fox because they sound very similar mm-hmm. and they kind of look similar, except it's like Eric Stoltz is like if David Caruso and Michael J. Fox became like some sort of super Saiyan combination <laughs> or they had yeah. a baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if you just like mix match their 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 DNA and blended it together in in a in like a test tube, and that's what you would get. Yeah, results. Which is really what they could have done in this series. There was a lot mm-hmm. of that kind of happening. Uh, we also have Essay Morales. Mm-hmm. He used to go by Ben Morales. Uh, I believe it's Essay Morales. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, was in La Bamba. And mm-hmm. he's been in about a million and every single cop procedural drama that's been on TV in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. NCIS and- Criminal Minds, uh, NYPD Blue, which also has David Caruso, ironically. Uh, he has a stoicism about him that lends itself well to this character and his, like, his internal debate that's going on, you know, because he's got a lot of these misgivings about his connections with his home planet's family. 
you know, yeah. of, of what is it? Um, Torin. Torin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of the 12 worlds, I guess. I guess so. I, I couldn't exactly fathom that. I was having, picking up on all the details. Uh, it also has Paula Malcolmson, who uh, plays the wife in Ray Donovan, if you've seen that series, which I have. That's where I know her. I have not, but I've heard good things about it. It's a very good. They just came out with a movie, actually, which I have. I did not know about, and I came across it, and I have not yet seen it, but I'm looking forward to that. And that's, uh, as far as familiar faces, this is getting a bit ahead, and we'll get to this later, but also in the first episode is uh, who plays the the athlete that briefly gets uh, in the locker, the dressing room there that the kid right. talks to is Jared Kiso, who... I know from the series, the Canadian cop series, 19-2, and also Letterkenny, if okay. you've seen that show. I'm familiar with Letterkenny, yes. Uh, and he also plays uh, Don Cherry in a TV biography movie. Okay. You know who Don Cherry is? I do not. Oh, he's like a, um, he's a very famous Canadian hockey broadcaster who's very outspoken. Uh, he's in his 80s now. Okay. He just recently, he worked for, uh, they do this segment, Hockey Night in Canada on CBC, where they show a hockey game of two Canadian teams, and then they have coaches corner between the first and second period, which has gone on since, oof, uh, maybe the early 90s, maybe before that. He he coached the Boston Bruins in the 80s, and he, I think he was a player in the 60s. Okay. Um, very outspoken and controversial, and he finally got the can last year, I think, after, uh, you know, finally just being a little too out of touch and senile. <laughs> and now he has a podcast where he just basically says... Whatever the there hell he wants. There needs to be more fighting in hockey, and you need to <laughs> punch people out. And yeah, well, he actually got fired because he went off on like a political rant about like immigration. Oh which wow! Had nothing to do with hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and, Forgot uh, where he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, got too big for his bridges, you know. Kind of thought he was mm-hmm. untouchable. Yeah. Or is in his eighties and just stop giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, yeah. It's been that way for about 20, 15, 20 years. So it's, uh, he got by a long time on his, his merit, but that's nothing to do with this, uh, Jared Kiso. And then we also have the, in the final episode, singing the theme for this, the, I guess the national theme of Caprica mm-hmm. is the Vancouver Canucks anthem singer who, oh, uh, really? He famously, I think this, uh, this was what, what, when did this come out? This was 20, 2009, 2009. Okay. So I think the Canucks made the Stanley Cup in, uh, around that time, 2009 or 2010 or 2011. Anyways, this guy, he, uh, <laughs> most famously he's known for, you know how the, in the, 
the uh, beginning of a hockey game where they roll out the red carpet. Uh-huh. And like, so he was, he skates around the rink while singing. And so he skated around and he was so focused on singing that he went and he ran right over the red carpet and he went flying in his skates. <laughs> oh no. He flew like 15 feet. And he is not a small man. No. But no, he got right back had, up after ooh. and just continued singing the Canadian national anthem like it was nothing. The show must go on. The show must go on. So this guy was the right man for the job because there are massive jets landing and he continues to carry on. Yes. And that is later. This uh overall this series um there's a lot going on. Uh What would you give it rate, rating wise? Overall rate, 1 to 10. Probably a 7. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. A 7. Yeah. I don't want to um, shit all over it because there's a lot I just didn't um, necessarily connect with. Yeah. But I didn't think... I thought it was interesting enough. hmm And I felt like beyond my own misgivings or uh, lack of understanding, I wanted to give it an honest rate yeah. instead of kind of being biased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're the same. I guess we kind of went, we kind of touched on everything overall, really. I don't think there's much to say without diving into the first episode, unless you have anything you want to say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we can jump right into the first episode. Which is, of course, called Pilot. First episode. So I yeah. think they did a very good job of world building in this episode. Um, very quickly, you're thrown into chaos. And you have no idea what is going on. People are f- having sex. People are getting killed. People are shooting each other. They're fighting in some kind of ridiculous rave. And, and you have no idea what the hell is going on. You're like, is this some kind of dystopian hell people live in? And then it backs out. And the next half of the episode is soothing you into the idea that there's this whole dark web VR world where teachers act or uh, where teenagers act like, you know, hedonistic maniacs. Yeah. So I guess Eric Stoltz's daughter, Zoe, she, she created this or uh, she used his technology to create this. I got the impression the world that these people were visiting or this club or whatever it was, was a virtual space that was sort of off the grid. I don't think Zoe made it, although that's not entirely clear. Uh, I think I thought there was, one, there was a pride. At one point they said, well, we started out coming here for the sex virtual sex. Yeah. So that implies it was there before Zoe discovered it. Oh, really? I thought I think, it was like we created it just to to to, to bang, and then it became this hmm. bigger thing. I guess I'd have to rewatch it for the wording of it. That because we got we came away with slightly different impressions. Yeah, I wasn't too sure. I thought maybe he like created the VR, and then she. I thought there was that he created this thing and then she kind of expounded upon it and she used it to kind of 
she made sort of a spinoff, which is kind of like this series is a spinoff of Battlestar Galactica. But she <laughs> made like a spinoff of his program mm-hmm. and created this weird, crazy room club. Yeah, thing. yeah. I don't know if she created it or not. It's a little muddy. Um because they're I think they're rushing also to get a lot of information out there, which is why the pilot was a double length episode. You know, I think it was just they had so much they needed to lay down for you to get introduced to this series. And and uh, some of it gets a little muddy. I think this this one of the problems with this show that I have is that it gets away from itself occasionally. So we have the VR world. Right. The whole uh, storyline. And then there's the storyline of like a terrorist organization. Right. Then they are monotheists in a world which seems to have embraced polytheism. Yeah. I'm not familiar with uh, all of that. I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, basically, I guess the society is like gods. They keep talking about gods instead yeah. of God. And I then got that much, yeah. this organization, this terrorist organization, they are like just one God. And they come off like almost immediately. It's just being cultists. You know, like, like, you know, they're touching their foreheads and they're saying these phrases and they're, you know, um, well, I mean, we might as well dig into it. One of the characters blows up a train and kills, yeah, his, yeah. kills himself, Zoe, and the wife and child of a lawyer named uh, Yosef uh, Adama, or yes. as he calls himself it, Joe um, Adams at first, but everyone yes. keeps calling him Yosef. Yes, um, that is a whole other, I guess that ties into, which then has them expanding upon that storyline mm-hmm. of like the Adama family. Right. That's like a whole political, there's like a political conspiracy and like a murder conspiracy mm-hmm. going on there. There's like a power struggle within the family. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's like a it's like a mob type of situation. Yes, um, but it has something to do with like their roots in in Tarin or Torin, uh, yeah, planet of Torin. And uh, there's a lot of very distinct racism in this show towards Torins. Like they are treated, they're called dirt eaters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and people are just openly racist towards them. Yeah, they they're not fans. Uh, not at all. That uh, that whole train leading up to it, the train ex- bombing. Uh, that is so Zoe. So then we find out later that I think it's a scene between Zoe's friend and Lacey? Eric Stoltz. Yeah, when he catches her in Zoe's room on the VR thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think she says she was, what do you think she was doing? She was, she was leaving Caprica. That was her, her plan was to leave on that train and not come back. Yeah. She was leaving for some other planet and I can't remember what the name of it was. Yeah. 
Galaga or something like that. I, I don't remember. Planet Zion. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Planet X. Yeah. Planet X. And so then one of her friends ends up being the suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. Who I don't think she knew was, I think that was like a double cross. Yeah. She had no idea that was coming. She yeah. legitimately thought they were leaving for another planet and he had other plans. Yes, he was part of that terrorist organization secretly, a double agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he blurted something out, and then boom goes the dynamite. It ties our two main, two of our main characters together, you know, um, because then there's like sort of a public thing. Uh, talking about the situation and Eric Stoltz's character meets uh, um, Morales. Joseph. Yeah. Morales's character, Joseph. And they have some coffee and he ends up in, you know, taking a liking to him, Uh, taking a liking to him. The thing about Eric Stoltz's character is that I, I don't think he has a good bone in his body. (laughs) I think he is, he's a manipulative conniving scumbag sociopath and and everything he does has an ulterior motive you know so he obviously recognized this guy as someone he could exploit possibly and so he decided to keep him so when he brings back morales character joseph and he brings him back and introduces him to the vr and then zoe's vr zoe who has created this carbon copy of herself in the vr Right is still a, a that copy of her is still alive, and I guess has her all her thoughts, feelings, emotions, memories. It's basically an exact replica. It's just in an alternate reality. Right, right. Um. So then she's like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Conducting business." <laughs> I think he says that point blank. Yeah, he With does. The guy right beside him. <laughs> like, yeah, he's totally disconnected from people. He's like a he's like an Elon Musk or something, you know. Like before Elon Musk was known, so maybe he's a I don't know Bill Gates or something. But yeah, he's, he's uh, like this yeah. disconnected sort of self absorbed tech genius who. He's a full-blown narcissist, really. Total, total narcissist, yeah. And uh, and he only really cares about himself and his his bottom line, and that that follows through to the to the final episode too, as well. I find still in the pilot. There's a lot that happened over an hour and a half. Yeah, there's a lot uh, that goes on. Yeah, I obviously can't take it all in. I don't want to spend too much longer on it. But Morales character, Yosef Adama, Joe Adams, whatever, wants to, he's trying to get, he he wants something. So then he makes a deal to then tell this, what this judge? Minister. He's a minister. Yeah. So he tells him something. Yeah. He gets told to fuck off and call the dirt eater. And then five minutes later, this old man minister is getting killed by... A tattooed Spanish guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, with just yeah, buff dude just comes in with a couple of fucking daggers. It's like guys like stilettos. Yeah, 
<laughs> looked very... like uh, Zorro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's very, it's yeah, it's a very um, odd, like ritualistic killing that takes place in that um, in that scene. And um, what they're trying to do is establish that these guys are like a cartel. They're just not to be messed with at all. You know, business is business and life is cheap kind of mentality, which I'm sure plays through the rest of the series. Moving on, if we get into the final episode, which is episode 18 and is called Apotheosis. Apotheosis. Yes. Yes, Apotheosis. Last episode. Daniel, Amanda, and Zoe race to stop Clarice's master plan and save thousands of lives before Caprica is changed forever. So basically, there's this uh, whole... Now the terrorists have made this plot to blow up the sports stadium. Mm -hmm. And... Eric Stoltz and Paula Malcolmson uh, find out through a VR thing with Zoe or yeah, it's some something kind like of that? it's some kind of like simulation recording of what it would be like to do the thing like a dry run or something like a planogram of what they were planning on doing. Yeah. Then we, we don't get quite get the explanation. Maybe it, it probably because we it would be explained in episode seventeen or sixteen. There would be some mm-hmm. sort of, but uh, Eric Stoltz and Paula get labeled terrorists, right? And they are now uh, wanted. They get uh, they get a bunch of they get a detective and a bunch of guards or police officers show up at their house, or like a detective and his goons. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of whom we find out later is 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 actually one of the terrorists himself. Yes. You know. Um yeah, yeah but then um god, I can't think of who he is, but there the other guy pulls a gun and says, "Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, you're not doing this." Yeah, he pulls yeah, there's this uh do they say do something and then he does something or I don't really just, yeah, I don't remember. I don't exactly. quite remember either. It's like it's like everyone in the room is like you're coming with us and you're under arrest and all this stuff and he like this guy and I don't even know who he is. <laughs> no he just idea. turns around and he pulls a gun out of his jacket and he holds the police officers uh at gunpoint Houses, which is <laughs> which brings me to jumping ahead and we'll go back, but this brings me to my worst scene. Worst scene. This guy pulls out a gun, and he's just pointing a gun at a detective. And he is literally in the middle of a circle of guys who all have guns trained on him. Mm-hmm. It's not as if he has now taken this guy hostage and has, protect- and has pressed his body against his, as you would. You know, as yeah. sort of like if you shoot me, you're gonna chances are you're gonna shoot him. He's just in the middle, pointing a gun at one guy, surrounded by, by five other guys holding a gun who yeah. could who 
I don't know why they're hesitating other than <laughs> that was written into the script. Because realistically, yeah. there is no reason why they did not shoot him. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's total like, you know, I know you're supposed to suspend disbelief for shows like this, but there are moments where you're like, oh, what? What? Really? Yeah. I'm like, really? why is this guy? And this and- guy's like, the detective is like, these guys will shoot you. And why didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, you don't get any closure on that character. No. Like, at no point in the episode does it come back to what happened to him. I thought they were going to. Uh, so that allows Eric Stoltz and Paula Malcolmson to leave the house. They casually leave, of course. Mm-hmm. knowing that this guy could be shot at any second and so could they they kind of yeah. grab their coats and casually walk out hand <laughs> in hand no real sense of urgency a little bit um, eh. but not yeah. where not they should have to been. break a sweat yeah they're not breaking a sweat yeah over it. and then i figured as soon as they left this guy is gonna get 50 bullets into his chest and they're gonna come after them and then that it just kind of I, I think it switches to another storyline, another scene. Yeah. Uh I yeah, think and with, with never Adama. You... Yeah. So you have no yeah. closure on what the hell happens. <laughs> I was like, for sure this guy is going to get shot and Yeah. Doesn't yeah, I mean, happen. It would have almost been like you know, like as they're walking down the driveway, <laughs> yeah. you just start yeah, like here's a firefight, you know, and we see people yeah. get shot, and that's yeah. I wanted that to happen. I was expecting that to happen. It didn't happen, and I'm left very confused with no closure. Yeah. Uh, so then they fly out in the spaceship. They get into the middle of a, a forest where I guess Eric Stoltz has planted a VR headset. Yeah. Yeah. Just tossed it into the woods and finds it instantly. Yeah. Like, like this, it's not even a, yeah, it's not even a particularly shiny piece of equipment. It's like matte black, you know, (laughs) like, like he's like, and he just reaches down into the weeds and there it is. Perfect. Immediate. No problem at all. It's like, there should have been like a 15 minute scene where he's just like, I just can't find it anywhere. Yeah. There really should have been not like, Oh, boof, here it is. Yeah. Or just just like a, a like a montage scene. It's like thirty seconds of him searching. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, getting more and more pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been a back and forth too of them, like him searching for it, skipping to another storyline, and coming back. Yeah, he's still searching for it, but no, he finds it right away. Yeah, very convenient. Very convenient. Plugs it in, finds this terrorist plot, and then they have to rush to the stadium after they figure out that that's, it's happening at today's game. Yeah. Um, because that's... They actually justify this by saying that's the only game happening this week or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then meanwhile... Is, yeah, go ahead. Mean, yeah. Meanwhile, we haven't touched on the fact that Zoe is sort of living this double life where she can jump into the body of this Cylon and act out in the real world 
But when she's not in the Cylon, apparently she's in this virtual world that Eric Stoltz created for her. Yeah, the Cylon being a robot, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like this kind of chunky, kind of slightly clumsy robot thing that approximates a body for her. And she shatters some guy's skull with her own removed arm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just literally beats someone to death with her own arm. Yeah. Um, Just one swing like a baseball bat. Yeah. On a watermelon. Yep. Just splits his dome right open. And then. Full Gallagher. Yeah. Full Gallagher. Yeah. Never go full Gallagher. Uh, (laughs) He. And and now and now she she's able to jump around though like she's not stuck in the VR space that that was created for she seems to have the ability to transcend that and go anywhere into any program anywhere because she ends up in their the the, yeah. the terrorist little heaven program yeah so let's just quickly fast forward because this There's is drawn so out. much. Yeah, it's drawn out. But basically, what happens is that Eric Stoltz then, then as I said before, well, the Canucks anthem singer is now singing the theme of Caprica. Eric Stoltz takes over a bunch of drone ships and uh, deploys them on the field. A, a robot army comes out of of Zylons, and they kill all the terrorists eventually. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and then they get sent to that heaven program. And, and then Zoe wrecks it. I have to say, yeah. with the arena scene that you just described, that's my worst scene. Worst scene. It It is very schlocky. Uh, the robots are not convincing. It looks like video game footage, you know, from like a PlayStation 4 it game. Kind of does, yeah. Yeah, the lighting isn't right. It just doesn't. They they don't they feel like they're 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 superimposed onto the scene. They don't feel like they're really there, and yeah. um, it's it just took me right out of the scene. And I was like, I understand, like you know, it's cool what they're doing, you know, and and they I'm still feeling the tension, but every time they're on screen, I'm like, yeah, I'm watching Red versus Blue, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you felt that way. Absolutely, uh, it didn't. I didn't particularly feel that. I. I had a bit of suspension of disbelief. Well, we we both quickly went through this, so I guess I was just... <laughs> by that point, I was just kind of into whatever was happening. Like, yeah. Was like, this is... This needs to end already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was I was bored. Uh, up until yeah. that scene, I was actually kind of bored with the sec- with the final episode. In the last episode where like Zoe gets into their heaven program, the terrorists, and then she's like, I am God and she yeah, just yeah. kinda destroys the entire earth. Well, she turns it into the- hell. She basically turns it into hell and then they all blink out of existence. Yeah. And then there's the leader who she's in some programming room. Like kind of looks like a bat cave, sort of. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Molly or Polly Walker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she was not actually at the stadium. No, she was like 
in some bat cave. Thing. Yeah, she was in her bat cave. Yeah, so that kind of confused me. But then there's like these machines that are breaking down and, and all around her, and, like malfunctioning and overheating. I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed Zoe kind of destroying the thing, the whole like wrecking the place, turning it into hell. Best scene, I, I guess the, the opening thing from the, the whole opening, you know, there's uh, craziness happening at this rave. There's people being sacrificed and you later find out it's like, uh, Zoe's friend is explaining it to Eric Stoltz when they get into the VR. He's like, what the fuck is happening basically? <laughs> and, uh, she's like, oh, they sacrifice virgins and, uh, these, this is where you just shoot whoever the fuck you want. and These are people just having sex or whatever the hell. Yeah. And there's like naked people. Rising around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was it's all just, happening within so, 15 feet of everything else. It's Yeah. <laughs> it was like, so no, insane that it was like I was howling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, not like mind blowing best scene, but just so absurd. Yeah, and it stuck everything. with you. It yeah. stuck with you. Yeah. Uh, did you have a best scene? I would say the episode, the scene in the pilot where Eric Stoltz is in that little sub room of the uh, rave program, it's like the figure eight, the figure eight room. Yeah. Yes. And, and he's talking to Zoe and he's like, you can see he's like warming up to her, the idea of her. And then he asks if he can hold her and like deep down, you know, he's not like on the up and up, but it still kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. And then when the double cross comes, you're like, ah, you son of a bitch. Yeah, he copied you know, her. Uh, down to a USB drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like, just drops her onto a USB. I hope he doesn't mix that up with his porn. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, that would have took an interesting spin. Yeah. He's like, not oh, surprise me in this series. Uh, also, like... <sighs> I guess they knew it was being canceled because they had that whole shape of things to come. Yeah, at the end, like that, that is like a teaser. Basically. I don't know. That really confused me. Yeah. It just it, was like uh, Eric Stoltz is labeled a hero. There's Paula Malcolmson with uh, Android Zoe. Uh, they have now a real life carbon copy of Zoe. Mm-hmm. Basically, and she's with laying with Paula Malcolmson mom on the couch, and they're watching Eric Stoltz interview about this new technology. Yeah, ever. And then it goes into the shape of things to come, and it's like giving you a preview of, I guess, what's yet to come. <laughs> right, right. But, I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. them that they were ambitious enough to show all these future things that were going to happen for a show that didn't get picked up. The thing about this, this, this show is that despite my, my feelings about it, technically 
and and my sort of disinterest in the subject matter. I have to say that again, the world building is very good. There's a lot of interesting elements to it. Like formal hats are back in vogue. Everybody smokes. You know, um, uh, people are wearing three piece suits around. You know, it it's very much like 1950s. Um, yeah. But in this future world where people also have the ability to put a thing on their head and go into a virtual world. So I don't know what year this is supposed to take place, if it's an alternate version of Earth or, or, or what, you know, or it's just, just its own encapsulated universe that happens to look a lot like ours. I'm not clear on that. I'm torn on whether I would watch the rest. I, I... Quick pause for station identification. 10% of nothingness. Let me do the math here. Nothing, and then nothing. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash uncancelled. it's a crumb. Ain't no more gonna die. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Wait a minute. Throw some hers and ours in there. What's your hurry? Yeah, I, I really I don't, don't think, think I, I would. will, and I don't think I would. <laughs> Hypothetically, I don't think I would, and realistically, I don't think I will. That, yeah, that's a fair statement. Yeah, and I don't care if it gets renewed. I don't yeah. have that much. I'm not vested in the show. And, you know, yeah. looking back at Swamp Thing, I, I was vested in it immediately. Like within the first five minutes, I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. Whereas with Caprica, I was like, there were bright moments. And, um, oh, and we forgot to mention the most unintentionally hilarious thing. Unintentionally hilarious, a.k.a. It's so funny, I forgot to laugh. Do you do you have a moment that, well, that was, stands out? That's, uh, I, I touched on it with the worst scene. That was uh, hilarious okay. to me. <laughs> and he's holding the gun, so, like, like, this guy, he has a gun, but it's like he doesn't know how to use it, or he's <laughs> never used it, or he's just really nervous. <laughs> I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> Enough said there. Uh, yeah. Guy yeah. should have been shot. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, I'd say my favorite silly moment was when she's on the street and she goes up and drops a coin into a payphone <laughs> and, and it's got a rotary dialer on it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so out of place. It's like, I, Best scene. Wait, what? Like everything is super digital and touch screens and all this stuff. And they've got this dirty old payphone with a rotary dialer on it. It's just so out of place that I, I had to stop it and rewind it because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> a very good one. Yeah, I did not consider that at all. I just kind of, I don't know. I took it for what it was. 
Yeah. But that's a very good point. Um, well, it just occurred to me. I've not seen a, a payphone in like 20 years at least. So it it was just very out of place for there to be a self or a payphone in the middle of this I know of future one city. Pay, I know of one payphone in my city. Well, that's not true. I know of a couple, but I know one that will probably never be removed because it is actively used exclusively by prostitutes because that particular <laughs> area is full of prostitutes <laughs> like really cheap whores like like two dollars like oh the most god degenerate crackheaded uh will do anything to feed their addiction and yeah. they die i don't think they have enough money for a phone and uh if they do then they are doing illegal stuff, so they're yeah. gonna use a payphone. <laughs> uh, that's about the only thing I've seen uh, a payphone used for in the past 10, 15 years. <laughs> well, I assume any any it's it's perfect if you want to commit a legal activity, right? It you know, 100% like percent is. Yeah, like it's yeah. better than a burner phone. You know? Yeah. It, that's a well-known thing down there and, and uh, it runs rampant in that area. And there is the, I mean, the cops are well aware of it and it mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. Well, yeah, they can't, they probably can't do much overall to change anything. Like they can do stings, but they're not going to make it stop. That shit never ends. No, it doesn't. And there it's, will always uh, be more. It's, I got a story is that, uh, uh, really quickly is that one I was uh it was Easter one year I had I had uh a a work event the night before uh a military event and I crashed at uh a buddy's apartment he lived nearby we were both very trashed uh I woke up the next day it's Easter I had to get home it's I don't know what time it is. It's in the AM. Uh, I get on this corner. It's a red light. It's the longest red light after. It's the longest red light ever. It's Easter. The streets are empty. And just on the corner is this hooker. (laughs) And I'm on the longest red light of my life. (laughs) And I was like. Trying not to make eye contact. I had my window down because it it was a hot day. Uh, I'm still in uniform from the night before. Didn't bring a change of clothes. And uh, so by the time I noticed her, she was already, it was already too late to close the window. And uh, yeah, so she tried to get in my car and like pick me up. And I was like, oh, God, please go green. Please go green. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah eventually it went green it was like oh uh, i gotta go see ya but uh i think it was about a five minute interaction she started like touching me and i was like oh please you look like you have a disease yeah uh, please she's full so, of bugs yeah um don't uh uh so yeah <laughs> if the streets are dead and you hit a red light keep your windows up 
that's the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, if you're in Caprica, leave your space shuttle windows. Well, you don't have to worry about that. There's no space hookers. Maybe there yeah, is. they're all robots. Know. These yeah, they're, they're probably all, all robots. robots. Well, there's yeah. VR for that, so you don't yeah, need to worry yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you'll find it's like you'll find someone who wants to do what you want to do. You, know, you will. It'll be good. Um, it'll be all right. Safe to say, we're not uncanceling this. Oh hell no. No, I don't think so. I think this is definitely a re- remains in the trash bin. Get that garbage out of here. I'm I'm sure that we'll get some notes from people who are big fans of Battlestar Galactica who will call I'm... us idiots for not getting it and 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 on all that, but I my take is this. A show should be able to stand on its own merit. And ev- that even a spin-off and the fact that this show doesn't hold up without the source material tells me that it's not a very good show. It Overall. Is not. It, I'm not sure a general audience will get this. Uh, no. They, I don't think they know much of what's going on. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. much of what was going on. I had no idea what was going on. No idea what was happening. Um, they... I'm going to say they relied heavily on you knowing Battlestar Galactica and the whole universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, to be fair, it is a prequel series, and it doesn't try to hide that. No. In, in the sense that it says it is. So that's what I'm going off of, because I, I, I haven't, I'm not familiar with the universe. Well, I mean, presumably in Battlestar Galactica, they probably talk about the Greystones and the Amanas. Armadas. I'm sure they have some greater importance in the future of the series or whatever you want to say. So, I mean, yeah, for a fan, they're probably like, oh, they're going to talk about this. I always wondered about this. For us, it's like, the fuck are they doing? I mean, what the yeah. hell is going on? What is and, going on? Why yeah. is it an hour and a half pilot? Mm. Like, if you yeah. have to spend that long explaining things, on what is a prequel series and you still haven't explained everything. Yeah. You just, I felt like they just used the time to make more storylines instead of fleshing out what they had. Yeah. Yeah. They were just filling scenes and, and uh, I think they could have cut that episode down to about, 55 minutes the pilot i agree i would agree with that easily and i could have sat with that i could have sat with that would have been all right with that but that extra whatever you know half an hour was it was just it, it felt like a lot of waffling and a lot of sort of like let's try this and see if this sticks let's try this and see if that sticks uh let's include yeah. this storyline let's include this character and that character and 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 like I mean, it just got to be too much. I don't think I recognized anybody else, but the people I mentioned off the top, it was like, oh, okay, let's throw in this person and let's throw in that person, mm-hmm. and uh, hey, here's a little Easter egg kind of thing. This will make you. I wonder if that was like 
sort of a to get an audience to pay attention to try to gather in more viewership to like be yeah. like here's a Vancouver Canucks uh, anthem singer is going to be in an episode of Caprica. Right. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like it's no, it's it, the people who green light these shows, you'll notice that every male is attractive uh, or, or every female is, is attractive. And, you know, they, I, they, yeah. they, it's not realistic to real world. Like in reality, Zoe might be like an average looking teenage girl. But she's played by a beautiful 22-year-old girl at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that makes it okay for you to go, ooh, she's cute. You know what I mean? Like, because I had a moment of like, uh-oh. And then I looked it up and I was like, all right, good. She was like 22. I'm okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know uh-huh. she's a very pretty girl. And, and, and it's like, she doesn't need to be. That is such a Hollywood decision. You know, Eric Stoltz doesn't need to be the attractive man that he is to be the successful guy. Like it's, yeah. I've always just kind of thought, and I'm not one of those people who says everyone needs to be represented all the time and we need to have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not against that, but I'm not camp champ championing that uh, championing championing that either. I'm just saying like, I'd like to see a little more realism sometimes in the way casting is done. Because yeah. I think there's probably a lot of great actors out there who are not natural beauties or or you know handsome, sure. yeah. And uh, I think we miss out on a lot of talent as a result of that. Probably, yeah. Probably, I would like to. Yeah, we didn't touch on that, but you reminded me is when they go to this VR. I guess they become like the most perfect versions of themselves or yeah they're very pretty and they're wearing nice clothes and they're made up nicely and their hair is flawless and yeah all that because when they bounce back out a lot of them look kind of beat up plain yeah yeah bit ragged yeah yeah Yeah, it's interesting there's one scene where like eric stoltz he gets bounced out and his hair is like kind of flopped all in the front yeah, like he's just and and it's like it makes sense because he scanned himself on a good day. You know, that's his digital image. But the guy he is when we're watching the show is a man who has just lost his daughter. And yeah. you know, he is he's wrecked, you know. Say what you will about what a horrible guy he is, he's still a father. And he's wrecked, you know, and, 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 uh, he's not going to be looking his best, you know, he is not, but in, yeah, everyone looks their best in this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah of that- course, even looking like shit, he still looks better than most people do on a bat on a good day. <laughs> yeah. So the daughter's, uh, friend who then gets her security clearance cleared. Lacey. Canceled or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Very hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very disarmingly c- pretty. Yes. Yeah. Very distractingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's Caprica. I was a big Battlestar Galactica fan, so that's why on the little list of shows we could choose, uh, it was one of my first 
picks because like, you know, I love Battlestar. For some reason, I just missed Caprica. You know, it just came and went. So I figured this was a good excuse to watch it. But after watching it, I can see why it didn't click, you know, didn't get picked up because it's really, I mean, it's really quite a different show than what Battlestar Galactica was. You know, it's it's in the same, you know, universe technically. It's a, it's a prequel, but yeah, it's, it happens um, like 50 years before. Yeah, it's like 50, 58, 56, something like that. But yeah, it's um, it's a whole different vibe, a whole different like um, plot structure. Whole, it's like it just, it, it didn't really work for me much at all. So what about yourself? What do you think of it? Yeah, I had no idea what was uh, what <laughs> happening half the time. I was perhaps if I, I was thinking, perhaps if I saw Battlestar Galactica, I would have a better idea of the universe. But yeah, this yeah. was like it was like you went in these showrunners expecting you to know about all about it before you even see the show. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of like winky nods towards the show. Like some of the characters end up being characters from later on. And, you know, so it's like, I, I get what they're, you know, they're, they're tying it in, but it's like, it's, it needs to be a compelling show on its own merit. And it very much wasn't, you know? And like I said, I mean, the first five minutes, it starts off with like nudity in a sex club and we're following teens. It's like, that couldn't be, I don't know how you get further away from what Battlestar Galactica was than that. And I was very confused at first because I thought this was like a, you know, an ABC show or something like that. I don't even know where Caprica aired, but it's like there was literal. I think nudity. it was. Well, there was nudity in it. So I'm like, why, <laughs> you know, I'm, that didn't, I don't know. It didn't, yeah. didn't click. Didn't make any sense for me. And it's like, who, who's the audience here? You know? So. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not I, sure how yeah. that got to air. Like, well, I mean, e- even if it was something that was blurred out or what have you, uh, if it was it on aired ABC, on um, oh. sci-fi. Oh, there. Well, still, I mean, why is sci-fi? Um, like, why why does sci-fi need nudity? Even if they're blurring it out or whatever, why are you recording nudity? You know, it just didn't. I don't. Like I get maybe, maybe I watched the uncensored version or whatever, but it's like why why is it recorded in the first place? You know, so this is just a very and like there's all kind of sex scenes in here, and it's like that's I don't know. It's just I haven't watched Battlestar Galactica in like ten years or whatever, but it's just it it it's in my head as a show I very much liked, and people really didn't care for the season finale of it, and I really did. It like I I really loved the series finale. It landed for me great, and it was like. So I, I didn't want to go back and rewatch it just in case it soured on me. But it's like in my head, it's like I, re- I remember really liking something that people hated. So I was like, that's that's why Battlestar Galactica kind of stuck with me. But so I say that to say, I don't remember all the sex scenes and the nudity and the like teenage angst. And it's like, this is it just it's just a very different show. So I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm fine uh, with missing it and. No, no, uh, no desire to see any more of it. Yeah, and it was really long. <laughs> <laughs> that was some long, a long pilot episode. And, I mean, and, we'll, we'll get to that in our in our second discussion. But yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, this one too. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that too. Uh, Caprica. Yeah, I thought maybe you could shed more light on that. <laughs> Apparently, and, uh, no. It's, it's just yeah. what it was. Caprica. It was. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I the the idea of making a prequel about kind of what led up to the Cylons and all that kind of stuff would be interesting in theory, but like I say, it's just a very different type of show. So it's like, it's, it's not for Battlestar Galactica fans. I guess it was for, you know, just sci-fi was just trying to carve out its own niche and just using the Battlestar Galactica IP to try to hook people. But it just, I don't know who the show was for and it definitely wasn't for me. So I don't, I don't know if you talk about the, the structure before, but we just watched the first episode and the last episode, but I have no desire to go rewatch the rest of it. So no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Initially I was doing that because I've got to watch all 30 series and I was like, it's a lot of TV. Yeah. It's 60 episodes of television, just watching the first and last. And I'm like, if I, even if I like them, I got to get through how many episodes. If I chose to discuss the whole series, I would take and trying to coordinate that with people. And that would take years, <laughs> take like yeah. two years to try to do all that. <laughs> and then you'd be, you know, clawing at your eyes. If you would watching something like Caprica, where no idea what's happening and yeah. going, oh, okay, it's a prequel. So maybe I missed something, but apparently not. Apparently it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I got the stuff that you maybe didn't get the references, the stuff that you may have not known about, but to me, I don't think it made the show better. And also I'll phrase it no. Better. And there was Eric Stoltz character was, kind of irredeemable sort of it's just like an incredible narcissist crazy uh, businessman and then there's i guess some sort of crime families fighting there was it was ah uh, i don't know what was happening <laughs> i don't know what was happening but people uh, like it apparently i mean this person that put it on the list certainly did. More power to them, but not. Yeah, them. I'd like to hear what. How, I'd like to hear someone who enjoyed it and can explain it, and be like, "It's good because of A, B, and C." But that's not me. That's not uh, my producer, and that's not you who's even seen Battlestar Galactica. So. There's anyone out there who wants to wrap their head around Caprica, please. Yeah, I love. I'd love to hear somebody write in and say, "Oh my gosh, you guys missed it. It was great because X, Y, and Z." It's like more power to you. I'm, I'm happy you liked it, but I won't be going back to finish it. Put a fork in it. It's done. So uncancel. It's a grub. Ain't no more gonna die.
Wait a minute. Throw some Ozanaz in there. What's your hurry? <laughs> 